Next Talk contains content of a mature nature. Parental guidance is advised. Welcome to Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim on AM630 The Word. Mandy is the author of Talk, and Kim is the director of Next Talk, a nonprofit organization helping parents cyber parent through open communication. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Find our video series and subscribe to our weekly podcast at nexttalk.org. Are you ready for the next talk? Today we continue in our four-part series on sexual abuse. We started with a topic for everyone because we didn't want you to think, well, I haven't been abused. This is not important for me. And so we'd love for you to listen to that first show. Our second show, we moved more into a survivor story with one of our Next Talk team members, Kim. But it was really important to us on this third show to bring in a counselor. We wanted some expert advice on things that we're going to be looking for, things that we need to know, and uh, get her perspective on this whole topic. So please welcome Jamie Mershon. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me on. A little bit about myself is I am a wife and a mama and a licensed professional counselor. So and you have three kids. I a have lot, three so you are kids. in it. I'm Little in ones. it. I'm in it. So yes. juggling yeah. a lot. <laughs> juggling a lot. But you know what? I'm I'm loving it. And it's one of those things with what I do for a profession. It really has given me a heightened awareness of just how important this topic is in planting those seeds when they're little because it is one of those things that it needs to start when they're little. And if it hasn't, that's okay too because that's why we're here today to talk about that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's something that I'm personally very passionate about and my husband as well. And so I am married to my husband, Michael, of six years. And like you said, we have three little girls. And prior to becoming a licensed professional counselor, I was in the schools as a teacher. And then and I went back to graduate school and got my license to practice in private practice. Well, and it's been cool how we got to know each other. So Jamie came to a Lunch and Learn Next Talk event, and that's kind of like community events that we do for donors, for networking, for partnerships, that sort of thing. And Jamie was there. I didn't know her before that. And, um, man, I just connected with her in the audio. Even when I was speaking, I could tell. (laughs) I could tell. She was nodding and, like, that kind of thing. And then she asked a couple questions at the end. And I was like, oh, my goodness, yes. That was on point as to what she – because it was really talking about being kid-focused and on their feelings and Mm -hmm. what they are going through. Mm And um, I thought, man, we I got to talk to this lady. So we talked afterwards, yes. totally connected, like finishing each other's sentences. Yes. Then we set up some meetings. I got to visit her in her office. And I loved how she described Next Talk to us because it's so cool hearing how people describe Next Talk. Yeah. And I want you to share that because when, when we sat down that day, you were like, this is what Next Talk is. And I was like, that is such a great way of putting it. Yeah. Well, and it came to me. In the spring of 2018, I was at a church retreat, and someone near and dear to me had just um, come out about their story of abuse. Mm -hmm. And God just really put this analogy on my heart because oftentimes we just see the abuse. We think of the worst thing possible, and that's the 10. And we're like, how did that even happen? And God just really put on my heart that it is all about creating those relationships with your kids and being that safe person. Because when you're in tune with your kids and you have that relationship with your kids, they're going to come to you in the little things so that the big things 
never happen. And it's not to say that they never could not happen, but it's just to say that when we're more in tune, we can recognize like, okay, my child's in the process of getting groomed and they may not understand what grooming is, but we can see it. So a one and a two would be something little like, hey, mom, so-and-so asked me to come over and they asked me to steal a beer. Well, that's a one. But when you're in relationship with your kids and they say, mom, I was over there and this was really weird because Mm -hmm. we've talked about this stuff. Mm -hmm. We've talked about what I do when I feel uncomfortable in a situation. So they're going to tell you the one and already then that person's on your radar. Okay, well, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Let's talk more about that. And because of that, I don't think it's a smart idea that you continue going over there and let's just pray over their home. Mm -hmm. And so by doing that, you've already stopped at a one. That what possibly could be a grooming situation. Exactly. And going to a 10. And I think it's, you know, we tell parents, teach your kids not to keep secrets. It's the right. same concept. So at one, two, and three, if it, there's an adult or a kid saying, you know, send me this nude, don't tell your parents. Right. Or I'm going to cuss in front of you, don't tell. It's right. those things that we can catch early before we get to the 10. Absolutely. And it's manipulation because the the groomers, what they are doing is they're building a case. And so they get you locked in that they have this case on you. Like you've done all these things. If you tell them then I'm going to say, well, you drank a beer. You watched porn with Mm -hmm. me. You wanted to do these things. And so then you start moving into a partner mentality versus a victim mentality. Ah. And so when you think about the majority of people who outcry, they're not outcrying when they're going through it. Lots of times I work with people who are no longer going through the abuse. They're out crying in their adulthood. They're out crying in their teens. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because they no longer can cope with it anymore. And it's manifesting and coming out in other ways. Well, and it's mainly because they realized they were manipulated into thinking they were a part of it. Exactly. And as they grow up, and Kim shared this in her story on the last show, you have this light bulb moment where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm a victim here. Yes. And then you realize right. this is is not healthy. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's so important because when all the secrets are happening and all the grooming is happening, it's happening in the dark, right? And so not literal dark, but meaning like it's done hidden. and hidden. Secret. It's secret. It's evil. It's hidden. You know, all those things. And when we can finally talk about it, we're bringing it into the light. And when you think about who God is, God is light. Yes. And healing happens when we bring it into the light. Amen. And so I think that is just such a huge piece to all of this. But because when we don't recognize we're a victim and we feel like the partner, we attach shame and guilt and people aren't coming out about it. Yeah. So you say that you see a lot of adults and teenagers come into your practice mm-hmm. when they they decide to expose what has mm-hmm. happened to them mm-hmm. or they realize that mm-hmm. they're not a partner in this. Right. What are some of the things that start manifesting before that that you see them sharing? Yeah. Oftentimes it's people coming in for depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. So they won't come in and say, hey, I've been carrying this story. I want to share it with you. Mm-hmm. They'll come in with the symptoms. And then as we dig deeper, we get to the root of the problem and they don't even often realize that that's playing a part into it. And so, you know, we start talking about upbringing. We start talking about confusing things that have happened in their life. We start talking about shame and guilt. And so um, by going to those places, oftentimes we'll get led to 
the root cause, which is childhood abuse. Do you see a lot in young kids, uh, you know, like the self-harming, the cutting, the drugs, the, Absolutely. The, the things that they're trying to do to numb themselves Absolutely. from the pain of that because they don't know how to communicate what has happened? Yes. Okay. And so oftentimes, like, parents will see the behavior mm-hmm. and they will want to discipline the behavior or what's up with you? Like, can't you just get it together? We need mm-hmm. to go to church more, mm-hmm. you know? So it gets so behavior focused. And what does that behavior look like? And that was your question. And it can be isolation. It can be porn. It can be cutting. It can be video gaming, eating disorders, perfectionism. Um, Trauma looks very chaotic. And so when you have chaos going on within, when you feel it within, you will often duplicate it on the outside. So you'll see this very chaotic person or you might even see anger and Mm. when you see angry kids it's actually sadness but it's coming out through anger that's so good jamie you know angry kids is sadness we need to take note of that parents because i know as a mom when my kids get angry my my tendency is to be like get your stuff together this is not how we behave but i need to stop yeah. Because I need to get in there and figure out what is causing the anger. Right. What is causing this emotional outburst Absolutely. Right here. And, you know, another big component is even health-wise, you might see kids who are getting headaches more. They're getting stomach aches. Mm-hmm. They, um, you know, can't sleep at night. So it's it's all, all the, the signs <laughs> that Kim Nichols shared yes. in a previous show. And you didn't hear that show. No. Yeah. And so, yeah, all the things that she said, it presented an anxiety and depression and not being able to sleep at yes. night and nightmares and all of that. Yes. And exactly sometimes those what you're come describing. out in patterns, too. Absolutely. Right? So yeah. around certain events or going yes. to certain places. Because right. The, the they'll, triggers. they'll have the, the stomach triggers. pains. And the- Absolutely. And, you know, God has given us that gut and listen to it because yeah. we are the way we're designed, just the way our sensations are, we can smell something, we can hear just a click, and that takes us back. Mm. So things that have happened in the grooming process or things that have happened um, when the manipulation is happening, those our body holds memory to those things. So it could be like the color of a wall Absolutely. that you were looking at when right. it happened. Or yeah. the co- it could be yes. something like that. Like the body keeps score. It keeps memory of mm. what has happened. And so you may not still be experiencing it, but your body is like, hey, that's a familiar feeling. That's a familiar smell. Memory. And then you go back. And so when you look at the coping, all of those things are ways to escape. It's a way to feel a sense of control and even to self-regulate. And so oftentimes we just have these huge emotions and we don't know how to just level out. Mm -hmm. And so we're cutting and it's like, or, you know. It's the release of the pain. Yes, absolutely. And like the eating disorders and the perfectionism, all of those, those are very much about control. And so when something happens that's so out of control, then we overcompensate Mm -hmm. for areas that we can feel control in. So when we're seeing these things in our kids, first of all, it's not always abuse. Because a lot of parents, when they hear these things, they jump right there. Right. Like, my kid's being abused. Oh, my goodness. Like she just said, my, you know, my kid Mm -hmm. has anger. So clearly they've been abused. Mm -hmm. So we want to make it clear that like we don't want to jump on our kids sure. and assume 
but we need to recognize something's going on. Right. So what what would be a good thing to do if you're starting to see some irregular behaviors in your kid? Yes. Maybe some of this acting out or cutting or whatnot. What would be a first step for a parent? Well, first of all, if they come, like, if you're noticing these things, right? And so that's the key, too, is just paying attention. So you're like, once you notice the patterns, what do we do with this? And so it's coming to them because those are, a lot of those are actually cry outs. Mm -hmm. Like, they can't, they don't have the language because when you are in a trauma situation, it affects your frontal lobe, which is your control system. And that regulates your emotion. It helps you problem solve. It helps you make decisions. It helps you with logic. And so when you you're going through trauma, it affects your frontal lobe. So you come across very confusing. You may not be able to problem solve the way somebody who hasn't been through trauma. And so decisions are really hard. And so you see the behavior and you're like trying to tell you something, right? So something to answer your question is, hey, I've been noticing these things or help me understand. Mm. So help me understand is like, I see you. I know you. I'm pursuing your heart on something. Or when we say why, it's more of like a question. So if we can say, hey, help me understand more about this or tell me more about this, I think that it really shows that you're pursuing them, and that's really important. because You you want to figure out where their head is. Yes. What are they struggling with? Yes. You want them to open it because you're figuring out what this underlying issue is. Like Kim said, it may not be abuse. It could be anything. Yes. It could be parents walking through a divorce. It could be a kid at school that's bullying them. Whatever it is, we've got to find the underlying problem. Absolutely. I I love the word you use. You're pursuing me. And it takes me back to what Kim said, that through walking through abuse, she was looking for someone to rescue her. Mm -hmm. She was looking for someone to come in and pursue her and save Mm -hmm. her. Mm -hmm. And as parents, we can be that person. We can be the hero. Yeah. And it models. Right. And it models Christ, too, because he's always pursuing us and he's after us. And I think, too, that just shows that as parents, you're for your kid, Mm -hmm. because in those teenage years, they feel like we're against them sometimes. So when they feel pursued, it's like, you're for me. And then defenses go down. I love that. If you're just now tuning in, this is Next Talk Radio at 2 p.m. on AM 630, The Word. Next Talk Radio is sponsored in part by the PAX Financial Group and listeners just like you. Everything we do at our nonprofit to keep kids safe online is accomplished through donations. To support our organization, go to nexttalk.org and click on Give. There's big news if you are an investment client of USAA. Just recently, USAA announced that a Cleveland, Ohio corporation has entered into an agreement to purchase USAA Asset Management. They have always been an exceptional organization and will continue to serve our community well. But if you are considering a change, this might be the right time to look at San Antonio's PAX Financial Group. 210-881-5700, paxfinancialgroup.com. Investment advisory services offered through PAX Financial Group. Back to one of our questions, you know, we we see that this is happening with our kids. And so we're saying, help me understand. This Mm -hmm. is the advice that you Mm -hmm. gave us. When do we need to get a counselor involved? When do we need to be like, okay, I need to get medical people involved. This is way over my head. Help us with that for parents out there who are struggling. Well, first of all, I think it's so great that you're even bringing that up because I think that we all of a sudden were fearful. We're like, oh, my word, I want to bubble wrap my kids. Something happened. You're never going to be alone with another adult. Mm -hmm. So, like, the thought of even taking them to counseling can be very scary. And so 
you know, you know, as a parent, trust your gut when you're like, this is out of my wheelhouse or they need something more than I can give them. So it's a very humbling place, but it's also a very protective place. And so something... Let me ask you this, just on that note. So as a mom of a kid, if I felt like my child needed counseling because maybe there was abuse or something, but I'm uncomfortable leaving my kid with an adult... Could I come to you and be like, I want to attend the first couple sessions, and then once the relationship is established, I'm okay to leave so they can yes. talk more? Does that, I mean, Absolutely. do you work with parents like yes. that? Yes, and that's how I prefer, because I believe God calls us to unity, and so I want everyone to be on the same page. But that is a process, because first of all, when you're seeking out counseling, you want to make sure they are trauma-informed, if we're talking about abuse. So you want to make sure they're trauma-informed, they have a background in this, and they're specialized, because... This may this is be for the counselor. They is, need to be in trauma informed. Right. Yes. Okay. Because if this is your child's first experience of counseling, it's really important that it is positive. Yes. Because if it's not, then that sets the tone for counseling. Yes. And they may not want to go back and they may see it as more harmful than good. And so when I say you want somebody informed and specialized, it's because this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And so call around, ask the hard questions. A lot of counselors, they will give you a free 15-minute consultation or even That's more. That's good to know. And so call around, ask the hard questions. And as a parent, if you and your spouse or just yourself want to go in on a one-on-one before you even bring your child in, that is totally fine. And so when I work with kids, I let them know we don't keep secrets in here. And so, yes, it's confidentiality. So I respect your privacy. And, you know, if you're like, it really annoys me when my mom does this, I'm not going to go tell your mom, hey, look what Susie said. But I make it very clear to the children, this is not a place where secrets are kept. And I encourage you to share what we're talking about in here. Mm. And sometimes kids are like, well, I don't know how to do that. And then that's what we work on. We work on how do we educate mom my feelings, or maybe they don't even know their feelings. So, you know, one analogy, you know, we're talking about feelings. One analogy is if you jump into a, a icy cold pool, it's super uncomfortable. But if there's a hot tub next door, you're going to jump into the hot tub. Well, the cold pool is uncomfortable. So lots of kids, like I was saying, they're escaping into the porn, the video games, all that kind of stuff. The hot tub, because Mm -hmm. they don't want to sit in the uncomfortable. So in counseling, it's teaching them how to sit in the uncomfortable. Because for true healing to happen, you have to expose it all. You have to talk about it. You have to bring it into the light. And that's when God can work on healing. But you also need a counselor who understands that, like, the emotions. The process. The process. Like, they may not even be in tune with emotions. Okay, so to stay in that cold pool. Yes. Because we all know, like, in the little sense, you stay in there and you're treading and you're doing the work that – it gets comfortable. It the gets more comfortable. That you stay in the right. cold pool. And cold pools are life. Yeah. Well, like, I was just going to say, parents, we jump into the cold pool with our kids. They yes. should not Amen. be alone. Yeah. That's what Next Talk is all about jumping into the cold pool with yes. our kids, setting in the uncomfortable with our kids, yes. talking about the uncomfortable with our kids. I'm preaching. Yes. I'm preaching, Jamie. Amen. That was so good. You, you get my amen. <laughs> we have to get into the cold pool. And like Kim said, once we get in there, it warms up yeah. and it yeah. gets more comfortable. Yes. And then we fit. Find our rhythm. Yes. And we bring things into yes. the light. And that bonds you and your child when you go through that uncomfortable together and you get through it together. Yes. You are bonded in a way that, unfortunately, I mean, it's just something horrific and how it, God can use it for good and how that could forever change your relationship and what you're going to do with that story once you get healing. Well, I'm expanding on that same 
analogy, how many of us growing up were pushed into a pool? Mm-hmm. And it's scary, and it's cold, and you're alone, and you don't want it, mm-hmm. and sometimes it hurts. Yeah. We don't want to push our kids into right. the pool. It's, it's, a, it's a team effort. It is. Yes. We want to get in yes. there together. Jumping in together. And I love that you're saying that because lots of times when I consult with a parent, I will say, tell your child, just try one session. Yeah. Because... Just try one. You're not committing to anything. Hey, we're going to do this together. Mm-hmm. Let's try one session. Let's see how it goes. Yes. And so that is achievable because right now when a child is thinking a trauma brain, everything is so overwhelming. So the mm. thought of like thinking of like going to a stranger. Yes. Yeah. For multiple sessions. Yeah. That's really scary. Or even behind a closed door. That could even just be the trigger, trigger. Yes. is yeah. the door closing. Absolutely. So it could just even be a process of like, okay, we're going to have our session with the door halfway open. Yeah. And confidentially, you know, confidentiality wise, you know, you let the parent, if they're a minor, you let the parent in on the plan because they are a minor. Mm-hmm. And some children maybe want that. And some maybe do want the door closed. It just depends. But it's just being mindful of just just even the door closing could be a trigger. So it's, even counseling itself could, you know, bring yes. up some of those scary feelings again. Well, and tell us as parents, you said, help me understand what else can I do and not do? Like, yeah. give me some real Absolutely. tangible, like, these are good things. Stay away from these yes. kind of things. Um, so I have talked to, well, I kind of have a system. It's like you are a um, victim survivor and thriver and I have talked to many thrivers and thrivers are when you have come to full healing and full healing is through Christ obviously but when we get to a place where we are thriving that our identity is no longer in the abuse Mm -hmm. so what I'm hearing from thrivers is that if they could go back and talk to their younger self they would want this to be said I didn't cause it Mm -hmm. it's not my fault that it happened And also just they're such a prisoner to guilt and shame. Mm -hmm. It's letting them know like the way your God, the way God has designed your body, that it is perfectly normal if the things that you were experiencing felt good because things were awakened in you. Um, And that's a normal thing. Um, And so letting them like just educating them on those kind of things. And then also just reassuring them that they're not alone. I am here with you. Mm -hmm. I am praying with you. I'm praying for you. And just letting them know that you're there. Um, And just being that safe person. So like we are saying, it looks chaotic. We're going to see lots of behavior. And so it's even self-care for yourself as a parent that you are taking care of yourself and that you have somebody who's walking through this with you so Mm -hmm. that you can be your best self so that you can be better for your kid. So good. That's gold right there, too. (laughs) So many good, so many good tips in this conversation. Yes. And I'm just thinking, you know, if you can process with another adult. Absolutely. All the horrific emotions you're feeling. Because as parents, your kids are going through guilt and shame and you're going through it, too. too. I was going to say, as parents, our default is probably I should have known this. I mean, but we got to let go of that. We have to. I mean, because we're not the enemy. The perpetrator is the one who did that. And ultimately, Satan. Right. He's the enemy. He is. And when you think of where God calls us to live, it's in the now. The past is guilt 
It's shame. It's mm-hmm. regret. The future mm-hmm. is often fear. But when you focus on where God has us, it's in the now. And what does he want? He wants us to focus on what he's given us in front of us. Mm-hmm. And so if we can stay in the now, we feel like we have choice and we feel like we have control. And that's using our thinking brain versus our emotional brain. Mm-hmm. And when we're operating out of our thinking brain, things are more clear. And kids need that. Because if we can stick to logic, that helps. Yes. But once we get it, I mean, yes, absolutely. Recognize the emotion. But when we're reactive and when we're operating out of emotion, that just adds to what's already going on. Yeah. You know, we're talking about the ultimate healing um, being through Christ. But I'm guessing that a lot of kids and ultimately adults question their faith when they go through something like this. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, because when you think about a cross, you're, you're wounded horizontally. It's really hard to understand vertically Mm -hmm. how God could allow this and it's why, you know, and God is grieving this with you. And, you know, there's free will and with free will comes sinful people. And when you are a victim of this, you are being sinned against in one of the most horrific ways and it affects your soul. And so that is a really great question. And I, you know, I think like we were talking about earlier, it's bringing in into the light because God does not allow your suffering to go on one second longer than, than it's needed. Like he, you know, is not willing this. He is grieving this with you. And so I love how you say that, that he is grieving this with you. He is grieving the choice of your perpetrator. He didn't want the perpetrator to make that choice. Right. Kind of thing. I think that's a really good way to have that conversation. Mm hmm. Yeah. Is there a thought that you would leave our parents with who are perhaps having light bulb moments as they listen to our show? Yeah. I think that my thought would be just obviously prayer more than anything, um, but also just seeking out people in your life who can walk through this with you and surrender surrender just the guilt and the shame. Mm -hmm. But then also, you know, when we are gospel-centered, it's like grace. And when we are focusing on, you know, just the grace that God has for us, it's grace that we have to have for ourselves in this. Yeah. Because when we can be freed up from, you know, the guilt and the shame and the whys or our own feelings of anger, we can just be more present to help our children heal. Tell our listeners where they can find you. What's your website? It's www.sacounselor.com. SACounselor.com. Jamie is a licensed professional counselor here in San Antonio, and I'm sure you'll be hearing more of her. Jamie, thank you so much thank for being you. here today. Thank you for having been great. me. Thanks for joining us on Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim on AM630, The Word. You are not alone trying to figure out how to parent in this digital world. We are here with practical solutions to help you. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Find our video series and podcast at nexttalk.org. Are you ready for the next talk?